This morning's reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 8 through 12 and 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same purpose. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and as him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So as David said, this morning is a little different it's a different morning, uh, how we are taking a Sunday to reflect back upon the life of Abraham and Sarah and the way God worked in and through those lives. The Bible promises that the word of the Lord will not return void. That means it will go out into the lives of people and it will make an impact. It will do the work that God has decided it will do. And so this morning is an opportunity for us to talk about that work. How has God used Genesis 12 through 25 in your life? Through the sermons, through maybe life groups, through your own devotional, reading through the passage, maybe using your Genesis journal. This morning is all about doing that. We're going to have three separate times in our service this morning where hopefully some of you did your homework this week and prepared some thoughts to share uh, about how God has impacted you. Now, these thoughts could be as simple as just saying, I just remember this verse, I want to read it again for our congregation from Genesis. It could be as simple as, you know, God, may, I thought of this on that Sunday or this as I was looking through the passage again. Uh, it could be really fairly simple. Um, we're, 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 we'll have, a, 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 like I said, a few different times, a 10 minutes or so, and so we want you to keep it uh, not 10 minutes per person because that would get a few of us today, but a minute or two if you want to share a thought. I know this is hard for us. I know some of you are nervous and some of you are like, I don't know if I can do this. But this is an opportunity to speak the truth to one another. That's what this is. And so by not speaking out the truth and sharing what God has placed on your heart, we all miss out on that blessing today. So as hard as it is, we'll be even okay with some awkward silence. And, uh, if it's like, oh, we're just waiting for those introverts because they need a, like a minute of silence where they even want to speak. Um, we're going to do that this morning. Um, we're also, I've got my phone. I've got it, uh, the live stream going on my phone. So if you're watching on uh, Facebook or even if you're watching on YouTube, you can pull up your phone and pull up the Facebook feed. If you want to type something in the comment, uh, I'll try to keep an eye on those today. Maybe read a couple of those from the Facebook comments. So you watching at home can participate too in this uh, service. But I thought I'd take just a few minutes before we, uh, to kind of prime the pump, I guess, to get it going, to uh, warm us up today to share uh, just a couple minutes on my own 
uh, thoughts as I was reflecting back this week. What I love about the story of Abraham and Sarah is that it is one of the fullest uh, Old Testament stories we get about someone's life. You know, of course, we get Joseph and, uh, and Moses and David later on, but this is kind of the first, the first time we get uh, where we see a man and a woman and God working through the long season of a life. And I really think what a benefit and blessing that is when we get to see God working over the long uh, arc of someone's life. Because as we've looked at Abraham, he has been a mixture of strong faith, the father of faith we've called him, but also a mixture of, of failure in many ways like we are. At the same time, the God who has worked in this man's life, which was so many hundreds, hundreds of years ago, is the same God who exists today and works in our life and in our church. From Abraham's call, remember, out of Ur at the age of 70, to having a child at 100 when Sarah was 90, to his death at 175, we get to watch, and we have gotten to watch, Abraham interact with God. And we've done this over the course and the arc of about, about 18 sermons we did through the life of Abraham. And I want to begin our time of sharing by reflecting on one of the truths that's been most impactful to me. As we looked at Abraham's life, it was the clear working of God's providence, his sovereignty in this man and woman's life. And if that's what you want to share today, that's okay. We can repeat it. It's good to hear things more than once. But that, was, that stood out to me. And we, we defined that a few weeks back. Providence is God's purposeful action. Purposeful action. Or another, uh, another way, God purposely providing for or sustaining and governing his world. And you know what? This is the truth, actually, that the Bible teaches on every one of its pages. Once you see it, that God ordains all things, meaning he either causes or allows them to happen by working through secondary causes, men and women's choices. At the same time, the Bible teaches, we are responsible for our actions and we make real, meaningful choices. How those two fit together is a mystery. But I know the Bible absolutely teaches them both. And we saw it all over Abraham's life. This pagan man called out of a, a culture that sacrificed children. This is who God chose. He responds in faith to go out to a future land with hope against hope, Scripture says. He gives up the best portion of the land to his cousin, knowing that it's promised to him even. And it's promised as far as his eye could see. He fights battles, trusting God for his victory. God makes a covenant with him, securing promises that he's made to him of, of a people and a nation to come out of him and kings. He and Sarah trust that a baby will be born, though their bodies are as good as dead. God provides that child. God provides a lamb after he had tested Abraham's faith, asking him to sacrifice his son. God provides a wife, Rebecca, along uh, as the servant goes out to their homeland. At any one of these moments along the way, Abraham could have faced death. He was an immigrant, a foreigner in a strange land, in a time of tribal, warring kings, wandering off into a, a, a foreign land. There was famine. He had to provide for his family. And this is the way God chose to bring Jesus to earth? This was his grand, great plan? On the surface, it doesn't look so great. 
you can't deny that God is sovereign over history when you watch a life like this. If invested in this man and this people was the coming Messiah. That's the comfort we need today. That's why I want to start with it. We need this comfort today. The church, the church, big church, needs to rediscover and believe again in God's providential sovereignty as our world changes so much right now. And our culture slips further and further into decadence and autonomous individualism. We need to remind it and bank our life on God's sovereignty, His providence. And I just loved how we were reminded of that in the life of Abraham. Well, as I said, we're going to have three windows of sharing this morning, three opportunities for you to reflect and encourage the congregation with how the story has impacted you. As I said, we want each person to keep it relatively short. As I said, it could be one sentence, it could be a verse. Um, There's no expectations really for what you share, I guess, to put it that way. So at this time, we wanted to have um, Jack's going to come up. We're going to take about a 10-minute window here, and then we're going to do some more singing and a couple more scripture reading as well. Um, Jack's going to come up, our elder chair, Jack Rance. He's got a mic. I'm going to stay on this side. Jack's going to take this side. And as we come to you with a mic, we ask, we're going to, Jack and I are going to hold on to it so we can keep it close to your face so uh, we don't drive Cameron crazy back there. He's having to adjust the sound all morning. We're going to kind of keep it right at your chin. Uh, and uh, we just want to have some time to share um, some thoughts. So We'll take a moment, and if you want to grab us, just put a hand up. We'll come over. We'll probably ask you to stand so everybody can see you. If you really don't want to, that's okay. You don't have to. But let's go ahead and start our first kind of window of sharing. And one of the things that I learned with Abraham is faith is a journey. And we're the ones that go through this journey and we falter, but we grow in faith in that journey. God is steadfast. We're the ones that falter, but he picks us back up. He takes us right back. He wants us so much. And it is a journey. So be kind to yourself. Trust in the Lord. He is sovereign. Um, So as you go through different challenges in your life, just trust in him. Grow in your faith, even when you falter and it feels like you just made a million steps backwards. He's there. He's steadfast. He's faithful. Great is his faithfulness. And I just, you know, the humanness of Abraham is very encouraging. Very encouraging because all the mistakes he's made. God still uses him. He still uses us in all areas of our lives. We grow in those challenges. We grow in the mistakes. We grow in our joy. We grow in content. Because if we're content in our Lord, he's there. Just just steadfast, keep going. That's great. We talked about that, the fact that Abraham, all his, his warts and all were shown to us, weren't they? It's not an airbrushed version. Real people with real struggles and faith. It's good. Rich? I suppose the one thing that really um, is Abraham's faithfulness when he took Isaac out to the mountain. Can I imagine doing that with my only son? No. Um, 
but that shows faith from Abraham to the Lord that we all should have and all be able to follow because God's in control and he knew what he was going to do. Abraham didn't, but God did. And it's for his glory. Abraham even trusting that God might raise Isaac from the dead. Pretty incredible given that there was no doctrine of resurrection even at that moment in history really that they knew about. Other people, thoughts we have, ways you were touched, a verse you want to share, an encouragement, a conviction. Jack, you can go back to Don, I guess, first, then we'll go to Shirley after that. Just what I love most about the story, just how easy it is for you know any believer, uh, myself included, to relate to the the life of Abraham. You see the the peaks and the valleys, and then uh, you know God's faithfulness to restore him through each uh, time, and just to see Abraham's uh, his response to that, his growth in his faith. We all uh, you know have struggles and trials, and then uh, even when we are unfaithful, we see the faithfulness of our Lord that just draws us back. And you build upon that throughout your life. You see His faithfulness, and I want you to be even more faithful to Him. So I think that's just what I love about that story the most, uh, written, you know, thousands of years ago, but so relevant to our lives right now. Just uh, thank our Lord for that. Jack, I think Shirley was over here. I think she had a, uh, right next, right uh, here. There you go. Throughout the study of Abraham's life, I was challenged to actually know, know the promises of God. How can I, how can I, put these promises into my life if I and and be challenged by these promises if I don't know them? Mm-hmm. So that was that's what encouraged me and challenged me is to, is to actually know all the promises of God. There was eight of them I found, and I'm sure there's more in the study of Abraham, but I found eight. Mm-hmm. So. That's great, Shirley. What incredible promises that um, God did make to Abraham. And the fact, even in the covenant that he made with Abraham, he was going to keep his promises even if Abraham failed. And we know that as we've gone through this series, it's been uh, Christ himself that took on the blow that Isaac deserved on that altar. Cameron. Well, I've got a bunch of them, but uh, I've got to adjust my Just your own sound? Yeah. Um, (laughs) One of them is... Blessings and promises of God are, they take work. Uh, a true blessing is not easy. A true blessing um, is a challenge, is, uh, I don't know, there's sadness, there's, um, it's not all just happiness. So, um, yeah, marriages, uh, children, property, job, uh, everything. There's going to be anger. There's going to be strife. There's going to be all sorts of stuff, but it's still a blessing. And if you're missing any of that stuff, then it's not really a blessing. Thanks, Cameron. Maybe a couple more during this first window, and we'll do some singing things and some other scripture. Oh, looks Mike, uh, Jack Scott Doris, sir. Is that, 
<laughs> All right. Um, it was interesting to review everything that we've learned uh, about Abraham, and so much of it was familiar, but it brought it back to life. God provided what was needed. He provided a child, a sacrifice. He provided a uh, wife for Isaac and the promised land and much, much more. And I know that he will provide everything that I need if I have faith and believe him. Also, the key thing that struck me in Abraham's life story, God is the hero, and he is the center of it all, like that song we sang just a little while ago. That's great, Doris. Yeah, Abraham on his own is not very heroic, is he? In fact, most of the characters of the Bible are not. And I think that's the exact point, Doris, as you said, that God is the hero. He's the center of this story. Good thoughts, Doris. We have one, how much time do we have? One more maybe right now? Have we gone? How far have we gone? Yeah, we can, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm supposed to go up and do the next thing, so I'm just going to take this up and... Uh, It says so on this paper right here. Are uh, you taking it? Are you taking yeah. it? Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I love that, that, that God is the hero of the story and that uh, we see that, that God calls Abraham, God provides for Abraham, and God is gracious in his failures uh, and continues to reiterate the promises and pursue Abraham um, and, and is faithful to fulfill the promises no matter what Abraham does but then Abraham serves as an example for us to respond in faith and we see even the gospel in Abraham and as the reading we'll see in a minute that uh, we see that Abraham was even justified by faith that his response of believing the promises of God is what God was after and is what makes him the father of faith so uh, let's pray real quick and then we'll get to the next scripture reading God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your faithfulness, for your steadfast love, for your providence, for your divine acting in our lives, for your provision, and that like you called Abraham to give up the life that was familiar to him and to go out and trust and follow you, so too you have called us. You have called us out of the land in which we live, a land of darkness and death, um, and you have called us to follow you into the unfamiliar and sometimes scary, but God, your promises are true. And even when we fail, even when we mess it up and we break the covenant, you are faithful and you take even upon yourself the punishment due for breaking the covenant. That even in Jesus Christ, you took the penalty for our very sins, for our very unfaithfulness, and yet you remain faithful uh, eternally and we can count on you. And God, we, we pray that you would just continue to act in our lives, continue to call us, continue to correct us when we fall short and forgive us for our sins. Uh, it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. The next reading that we're going to look at is from the book of Romans, chapter 4. And the, really the whole chapter speaks to Abraham and being justified by faith. But 
Today we're going to look at verses 13 through 25, the second half of Romans chapter 4. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Thanks, Nick. There's a couple I'm going to read as we get back into it as you're thinking of your own thoughts in the room. Um, but here's a, a couple thoughts. Uh, Bobby Warren writes from home. Hi, Bobby. He wrote this on Facebook. Abraham's journey reflected failures of self-solution. Isn't that when Abraham got in trouble? When he had his self-solution, that my way is probably the best way. That goes back to Adam and Eve. Yet throughout God, Bobby continues to write, God was faithful to his promise, and Abraham trusted God despite his failures. The promise of God through his son's sacrifice also places us in a position of trusting God as well. Our failures will always affirm, like Abraham, we too are sinners saved by grace. Thanks, Bobby, at home there. And just so we heard Nick read that we are, that Abraham is the model of faith, justified by faith. He wasn't justified by the law. Everyone who's ever been saved has been justified by their faith. There was another one. Um, let's see, where was that? Uh, there it is. Laverne Lind wrote, she's helping out in Sunday school today, but she wanted to make sure she was able to encourage you. The scene of Abraham encountering strangers, she's reminded of, she went back to that in Genesis 18. He chose to receive and entertain them in the best way he could. He ate with them, listened and shared this makes me think how my inner thoughts, emotions, and actions are important. God speaks today. I need to listen. I need to trust him to remove doubts and fears. Anybody agree with that? Anybody struggle with that? There's a lot of doubting and fearing in our world today. He equips me to do what's right. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. I can trust him for the impossible. I don't need anything bigger to believe in. 
This is a huge lesson to absorb, she wrote. Okay, anybody else? Might be a good time to make another announcement that anybody that is not physically present here has something they want to send in. Make sure it's on your phone, not mine, because I won't <laughs> see the light of day if it's on my phone. You know, uh, I'll jump in. Yeah. Gosh, they all impacted us, right? All of those messages have. Um, in particular, I would just mention the Genesis 22 text, the sacrifice of Isaac. Rich had already made slight reference to that. I've got actually notes and outlines, so I'd really basically like to re-preach that message right now, right here. <laughs> but I won't. Um, what I will do is call attention to the very first point that Jeff made. It says that God tests and grows faith by asking us to surrender what matters most. That was challenging enough, but then he went on to talk about the fact that there really is no meaningful growth apart from testing. That was getting even more convicting, but then he topped it off under that same point by saying this, and this is the thought that has really stirred in my mind throughout that, and that is the whole idea if God was all you had, would that be enough for you? Uh, man, been, been stewing on that one a lot. There's a lot of times where I say a, a definitive, probably not, mm. that uh, it, he would be enough, but would I believe that and live consistent with that? So that is a, a bit of challenge and conviction that continues to, to stir much in my heart and shape a lot of the thoughts of my mind. So interested to hear, though. Not my thoughts, but some of your thoughts. Okay, anybody in the room that's here wants to share for a moment? Got one here. Okay, great. Hey, good morning. I think of uh, throughout Genesis of what we've heard, how it tells you to, it reinforces this idea of clinging to faith when the wisdom of the world would tell you to just give up. Whether that's um, Noah building an ark for so many years, you know, waiting on these rains and people all around him are just laughing at him. Or uh, even the, the initial promise made to Eve that her seed would crush the head of the serpent. And then with the life of Abraham, all the promises made to him, promises that were never fully realized in his lifetime. And even though we're now living in the time of the promise that has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ, all of God's promises have not been fulfilled. Mm. And so it's just a reminder for us that in the face of that adversity, we need to cling to those promises of God because he is faithful and he will see it through. Mm. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, the fact that God would choose to stretch out this plan of salvation over thousands of years and generation after generation, um, there's, there's a bit of deferred gratitude there, isn't there? Good thoughts, Neil. Others in the room that want to share. I won't just pick people today. We won't do that to you. Jeff. Uh, we'll go. We got a couple. Go Cassie, and then we'll go Pam, and then Kirk. I'm going to hold it for you. Okay. That's fine. So I'm going to read this so I don't get distracted. Um, this is a thought that's in my head, so I hope this makes sense to you guys. Um, God was allowing hard circumstances so that the doubts and the fears that I have can be pressed into the open. Abraham was asked to give up his son, but I think God was trying to isolate the mistrust mingled in with his confidence. 
the self-dependence that was justified alongside of watching God provide the mostly faithful areas with the surrendered ones. Like the Israelites at the Red Sea and the Egyptians after them, they finally vocalized their deeply hidden beliefs, God, that you weren't going to take care of them in the end, that you didn't have a better end than they'd known, that, you didn't, that they didn't know you enough to realize that you were worthy of 100% of their trust instead of their calloused work-accustomed hands. But when you came, when those fears came out, God, you could really show up. Um, like a pimple pressing around the sore areas until the unwelcome poison and corrupting agent is shot out, weeding the darnel from the wheat that weakens the DNA that could corrupt it in the end. These things look so similar, but they never belonged. And I was saying, God, I want to be willing to let you refine me, to get me close to the flame or even hold me so that those cheap things, those hollow things, the destructible things can be eliminated that only the things worth staying can remain, that the pain is only the loss of the unworthy things that held my hope. Um, I feel like God is, in, in the situation with Abraham and with Isaac, it's almost like God slammed his hands down on the counter, and when everything was sheer chaos and up in the air and all this fear, that the cups and the plates and the silver were all up there, and then at ninja speed, God dusts the crumbs that were underneath that were making things unsettled everywhere but that God is worthy of complete abandon and surrender, of having no plan B, of not stowing away a piece just in case God lets us down. God, you're worthy of a two-eyed gaze, not a side eye, of drawing out my map, not coaching me how to walk out mine. The gut-wrenching testing highlights the fears, whether they're huge or minuscule in me, of me accusing you of being any less than that. The result is that I can actually really experience what he's promised in the first place without trying to build on a faulty foundation with fearful cracks and breaking points. Mm, thank you so much. Nice, Cassie. Okay, Pam's going to share. Let me go, Pam, share. Come on. Uh, there we go. There you go. Yeah, yeah I'm short. Bring it down a little. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I, I should have gone before Cassie. That was a hard one to follow. <laughs> Okay, yeah, but that was, yeah, that was great. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I've studied Genesis um, throughout the years at BSF, and, and so I've come across the, the story numerous times. But um, again, Isaac obviously has Im impacted a lot of people in this room, as, as it's been mentioned numerous times. But mm -hmm. I think I always focused on the, the three day journey that Abraham and Isaac took. I, I, I thought to myself, what was going through Abraham's mind? I know at one, one point Isaac said, you know, where's the, where's the sacrifice, Dad? And, um, and, you know, he trusted and said, God will provide that. And um, I, but I still went back to the three days going, at what point in time did he surrender, uh, truly surrender Isaac? Because I'm sure that the first day, you know, he's sitting there going, did I really hear God right? And, and I think about that in my own life. I'm going, did I really hear God um, say, me to do that and and then I, I try to whisk it away going no that, that that's just too that's too much and so when I reflect back on the story of Isaac I think to myself God has never asked me to sacrifice you know one of my children um, he has asked me to sacrifice several other things in my life but um, never something that would be so close to me and um, and so I thought man if Isaac could have the faith to do that I don't think that it was his own faith. I think that it was God's faith yeah. that gave him the strength to, to say, yes, Lord, I will do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good, Pam. Kirk, you want to hold yours till the... I'll read one short one as we, as we head back to some music. Um, Andrea writes from home, I think Andrea Rodberg said, I'm grateful 
We also see Abraham's failures. It's good to know God can still use me when I failed. Amen to that, right? <laughs> it gives me hope that I can serve God through his strength. Kind of echoing what Pam said. I will be reading from Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Galatians 3, 1 through 9. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now then, that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Since the next period of time is going to be sharing, I would just like to share a little bit. I'd much rather read the scriptures than share because it makes me very nervous. But as we've gone through the study of Abraham and as I've been reading these New Testament passages on Abraham, it's been a real encouragement to me in some of the doubts that I have. And I've especially had more doubts recently because the Bible is so fantastic that it's like, can this really all be true? And it's just been an encouragement to me to have the messages on Abraham from the Old Testament, um, you know, what, 2,000, 3,000 years ago, and then to have them reiterated in the New Testament so much later and tied to our own life of faith in Christ. That's what's been encouraging to me. Thanks for sharing, Alice. And even in the passage you read, said that the gospel was, was preached again to Abraham beforehand. Kirk, I think you were going to start us off on this, this third time. And we'll have time for a few more. So if you're in the room or if you're online, this is your last chance to send one through on Facebook in particular. I'd see that. We'll get back there in a minute. And uh, so send one through if you can. Kirk. really stands out to me is discussing the uh, offering of Isaac um, and the testing of Abraham's faith. Um, we've talked a lot about Abraham's faith, but we also really struggled uh, with, with that story. Why would I ask Abraham to bring Isaac all the way to that point um, before stepping in and 
it's it's really hard to wrestle with that. But we we came up with with two things um, out of that story that not only reveals Abraham's faith but reveals uh, who God is and who God isn't. Number one, who God isn't. He's not like the other gods. Um, Abraham came from a, a land where child sacrifice was a thing, and we think this was something necessary for Abraham to understand. God brought Abraham all that all the way to that point, and then stepped in and said, "No, that is not the kind of God that you worship. I am different from all the other gods." So that is who God is not. Number two, who God is. God is the one who provides the sacrifice. He's the one that provided the ram, and um, you know who that is. That's Jesus. Um, not literally the ram, but that is a picture of Jesus, and that Jesus is the the whole point. It's the whole story of the Bible. Um, he's there in the, uh, the fall of Adam and Eve when God promises the uh, seed that will crush the serpent's head. And uh, he's there in the story of the offering of Isaac where God steps in. God the Father provides the ram himself and he's there at the cross. And that is what we are going to be praising God for uh, for the rest of eternity. Thank you, Kirk. Hunter, would you have your hand up back here? I'll come back here. Um, so what really stood out to me is how um, when God was telling Abraham uh, that he was going to have a baby, he, it was almost like I was there when I was thinking about it, and I could just see his face just being like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but Abraham is like, throughout his story, it's him doubting God a lot, but always coming back to God and understanding even more about him. And it's kind of just like he's, his fam, him going up to that hill with Isaac to sacrifice him, he really doesn't want to do it, but he does it just so God knows that Sure, I'll do what you say. And God, he finally, un he understands that Isaac and Abraham are really close and he knows that Abraham will do what he asks for him. And uh, he lets Isaac go and he brings in another animal for him to sacrifice. Mm. Thanks, Hunter. Jeff, we're over at the back of the building okay. here. Next. Yeah, I'd like to read you a couple of verses out of uh, chapter 18 of Genesis. Uh, this is Abraham, uh, verses 24 and 25. What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you, will not the judge of all the earth do right? Well, we remember the story. Uh, Abraham conversed with God and prayed uh, for Sodom and Gomorrah. And as you recall, we started out with 50, and by five, they worked all the way down to 10. And the Lord said, even for 10, he says, I will spare the city. Well, as we know, uh, as it turned out, uh, Lot's family was the only one rescued because there were, I believe, four. But what I'm encouraged here is that, number one, 
Uh, Abraham could talk and petition with God. He was patient, he's mm -hmm. gracious. Uh, he's concerned about our thoughts and our needs. So encourages me in prayer. And uh, mm -hmm. always remembering too in the back of my mind that this uh, present earth and heaven will pass away until mm -hmm. Jesus comes back. But the word of God will stand forever. So uh, I'm encouraged uh, with Abraham's conversation with the Lord here, how he, he takes it all and listens and how um, he shows his love and care for each and one every one of us. So that's an encouragement to me in those verses. Thanks, Don. Yeah, I think, I think David uh, Burnham preached that passage for us on Abraham wrestling with God in prayer. And what encouragement that we can do that too. Maybe one or two more. And then we'll close with some, I think, uh, another song. Oh, okay, Jonathan. Um, the um, thinking about Abraham and his and his uh, faith, and also his um, failures and the blessings that God gave him. Um, the it's not from from the story from what I from what I know. It's not really enough to have faith alone. You need to have action. And because he would have never, like, he would have never gotten the, um, he, he said God would provide an offering when he went up to sacrifice his son. He wouldn't have got that if he just waited around in camp for the replacement yeah. offering. He had to go up there, up onto the mountain with his son, willing to sacrifice his son before God would provide mm -hmm. for him. Um, and um, that's, that's just what I wanted to say. I think yeah. that's, that's good enough. That's good, Jonathan. Absolutely. Abraham is a great example of the book of James that faith alone is, is dead. I'm so glad you pointed that out because Abraham is a man. He's always on the move. He's always acting. He was asked to leave his country behind and go out and act and show his faith in his obedience and his actions. So thanks, Jonathan. One more? Forever hold your peace? Okay, thank you for sharing this morning. Maybe this is the first of maybe many times we'll do this as a reflection service. It's a little different way to hear from how God is using our, the Word in our lives. Life groups are obviously one way, but it's great when we can do it together like this too. What are we doing next? <laughs> okay, oh, I'm praying. That would probably be good, yeah. <laughs> well, as we, um, as we do kind of come to a time of ending...